And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast and uh, exciting night tonight. Uh, unfortunately, not a whole lot of racing going on here coming up, but uh, we have the voice of the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, James Essex in-house. And Matt, I know outside of me, he's one of your heroes. Not one of, he is my hero. Sorry, Dustin, let you down there. And I know we had to like pick the studio up and we're at a remote location hidden from all government so we can put on this uh, show this evening you know in lieu of the virus we're in an underground bunker in crothersville <laughs> right. indiana if you want to be honest about it but i can see tater master's house from here there you have it but james man we're excited to have you in studio and talk about your history in racing and and all the things that your knowledge goes and i know we won't even scratch the surface because we can't be here until tomorrow so well, as soon as I walked in, he asked for an hour and a half, and I don't think that'll cover it, you know. So I, Not a chance. So uh, before we jump in here, though, I do want to make an announcement, and I'll remind everybody here in just a second. Uh, I just got a text from Ryan Bowling from Dirt to Media, and pretty cool deal. Ryan here during the quarantine and, you know, no racing, he's going to start putting out some free shows. So uh, if you want to watch last year's No Way Out 40 for free on dirttomedia.tv, Head over there, sign up. He's going to start putting that out. So as you're quarantined at home, can't do anything, check out dirttomedia.tv for a lot of free opportunities to watch some great racing from last year. And um, that No Way Out 40 last year was a great one. So Very good one. So make sure you go check that out. James? Yes. How did we, how did we get here with you and racing and all the things that you've done? Well, first off, I appreciate you inviting me in. First time I've, I've been in this palatial estate of Dustin Roller and Matt Staples and I appreciate it uh coming in but uh you know it's well for it's just been crazy of obviously the last month or so but uh uh you know it's it started a long time ago to say that much and uh to get involved in doing this and um you know my parents and they tell me you know I live outside of columbus and they took me to 25th street in columbus i don't know if either one of you you, you were young tykes probably back then but well, i'm a lot older than dustin okay <laughs> fair fair enough and that was the first racetrack i went to and uh was there about every friday night that they raced and uh, they raced till about 74 75 i think was their mm -hmm. last year and uh my dad worked at cummins in columbus and a lot of guys there said you know you ought to go to brownstown because uh, columbus was i mean that was fun that was a big horse track it was like a half yeah. mile flat and they turned like 28 29 second laps you know and uh, it was basically the petro you know that was their home for yeah. the petros gene and russ and that was their home track and they basically dominated there but uh it wasn't the best run racetrack that i've ever been to and uh they had a lot of issues back then and uh, with curfew and they're right in the middle of town i mean you know uh they were right in the middle of town and uh they just had a lot of issues and there was a lot of programs they didn't even get to complete i mean they wouldn't start i mean they come out wheel pack maybe seven to eight for an hour and it's a big half mile track so it took a while to do that and 
there have been things happen. Guys have knocked down light poles and go over guardrails, and their time management was very poor. But I said, well, you, you know, I told my daddy, you need to go to Brownstown because that was a well-run racetrack. And that was back in the late 60s. I'd say 69 was the first time I went there. And, uh, you know, been basically going ever since then. And uh, my mom, uh, she would uh, do the local newspaper results. And uh, that started in, like, 73 and uh we would do we would do the what we just do we would do wouldn't do a story we would just do like the results fast qualifier that was back when they had one class the slate yeah. models you know uh they didn't start another class hobby stocks to like 75 or so and uh she would get the results trophy dash finishes heat race finishes semi feature they called it back then and feature the top 10 well we dropped that off brownstown seymour we mailed it to bedford put it in the columbus paper and all that and uh we did all that and that's how i really got to meet the drivers because after it was over we'd go on the front stretch and that's where they paid everybody at they had that little building remember in the infield oh, yes. there and that's what they used to do timing and scoring there uh, a long time ago and um so that's basically how i got to know the drivers and hometowns and all that and uh back then when uh when they were announced and they just give you name and car number they wouldn't give you hometown they wouldn't no sponsors anything like that so we had to go down and get hometowns and all that uh she did that for i don't know i guess till about 77 and then i started when i, I was like 14 and would go upstairs and, and the press box was half the size of yeah. what it is now <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean we'd have uh ted collins he was he was the promoter then and then uh uh alan magner's dad glenn and he was a scorer and 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 uh then i would go up there and write down time trials and so one night um the announcer didn't show up so it was like well they they let me do it and i was like you know sure <laughs> <laughs> you know sure and uh i and that's basically how it started and uh i would go and do some heat races after that and uh uh, then it got it, and we got Al Walker and John Williams were a big influence on my career back in the late seventies and early eighties, and basically was doing a lot of that announcing stuff. And then uh, they left, and so basically I'd been doing it, uh, I guess, since about early eighties, and uh, I went a stretch there. Uh, I'd say fifteen years, never missed a race. Wow. You know, and uh, the only reason I missed a race is because I got married. <laughs> and uh, and that, uh, my advice, and you know, I'm not a marriage counselor or anything like that, but don't marry a woman that doesn't like racing. <laughs> you know, and, and I was ate up with it because, I mean, you know, like oh, yeah. you guys, you know, I'd go three times a week. I mean, yeah. racing back in the early 80s through whenever, and uh, we'd go to either like Bloomington on Friday or when charlestown was running and in scottsburg and of course brownstown and we yeah. go to putnamville on sunday when they run late models or we'd go down to hobstock you know every once in a while and all that and that's how i got started in it uh, one of the biggest influencers i mean you know i know we talk about the house that essex built and all this and and it is and, 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 it is. And, and you know there's a lot of other people that are you know ted collins and kenny woods um, they took over, I think, in '68. Without them two, I mean, we not we may not be racing there now in 2020. You know, uh, because those two guys brought it was it was an issue. The promoter before them, it was kind of they was 
they did the figure eights until the mid 60s and they couldn't come up with anything they were running the what they called super modified yeah. you know you, oh yeah and uh so they decided to do a stock car class uh v8 late models and uh that basically took off i mean they would go and you know they'd get 40 40 cars a night easily and uh before they started hobby stock so those guys there named roger williams and uh, he and i he took over in 1980 and uh we was together until uh 94 and uh he he i mean you know um i don't know if i've ever told him but i mean i thought that he and i would be there forever I mean that's really? just that's just something that I thought I was thinking, you know, back, you know, things were going good. I mean, it was one of the top tracks and in what 89 it was USA Today top 12, yes. 30 dozen uh tracks and had some great shows every week. I mean, look at the Hall of Famers that have come <laughs> out of there. I mean, not only the late models but, you know, the modifieds later in the 90s and the street stocks have been solid for a long long time. And and there was a I thought you know this is what i'm going to do the rest of my life is announce here and roger williams would be the promoter and unfortunately in uh, come 94 and uh, some things happened and uh, had the big anniversary race and it was canceled the first time and uh, ran in may and then tried to run three big races in a row in may and that was kind of tough and things happened after that and um kind of burnt me out on it because I was getting a lot of phone calls. I go to the racetrack and people, there was just things that happened and those people that are around then knew, you know, knows going on. I mean, I won't divulge everything, but um, it was just a tough deal. And uh, I just had had enough of it. And uh, so then Terry Eaglin called me. Uh, the fair board didn't renew uh, Roger's contract. And then the and Terry Eaglin called me one night and asked me if I'd be interested in promoting Brownstown. Well, you know, that was that, and then also he owned Twin Cities. So I was, like, doing, you know, doing both of them for a couple of years, and not only that, but maintaining a full-time job. I mean, in sales, and I was working for my father-in-law, and uh, <laughs> then you go on top of that, you've got a wife who doesn't like racing. Right. Doesn't like you talking about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I get guys, you know, they call on the phone, and they want to talk, and she said, I, I did, I, why are you doing that? I'm saying, well, I'm the promoter. I mean, you know, you talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know, so I did that. And, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd do some things different. And uh, Terry, you know, uh, always gotten along with Terry. Terry's always been good to me and helped me out quite a bit. And, um, you know, and so we did that. And, you know, it just got to the end of 98 season, and I was just kind of burned out. You know, and you're trying to maintain a full-time job. You're trying to run two racetracks. It just it just was tough. But I was young enough, I was thinking, well, you know, whatever. And then Northern All-Star started in uh, 98. You know, so I did that, did a little bit of that, and then went in 99 and did that. And then Battle of the Bluegrass started in 01, and uh, did that and uh, that led to NARA in 04 which led to Lucas Oil uh, buying it in 05 so been doing that ever since obviously but um, just uh, just a lot of great memories you know at Brownstown and it you know like I've told Matt before I mean it's been my home track forever and it always will be uh, no matter what happens and uh, you know I like I want to give a shout out like Scott McCain 
Scott McCain, you know, he's from Crothersville, mm-hmm. and he's a motivational yep. speaker. I mean, yeah. you guys may know him and mm-hmm. see him. Yep. And uh, when I first go into Brownstown in the early 70s, he was the announcer. I mean, he was still in high school. He was working at a radio station down there in Scottsburg, and yeah. he knew the Masters family and all that. And um, He did a great job and enjoyed listening to him. And then uh, he left and went to college. And then actually, I followed him at uh, WCSI in Columbus. I, did, I worked there in the mid-'80s. He had been there before that. And, uh, of course, then he went on, I think, WHAS in Louisville. He did uh, work so. down there, yes. I think. And then uh, he went to Channel 8 in Indianapolis and did the news there and stuff and entertainment and all that. And, and now he's a motiv- worldwide motivational speaker, <laughs> yep. you know. And um, that was probably one of my biggest influences in getting into this. Uh, besides uh, Al Walker, he – you know, when I was in the early 80s, he would, and I went to Vincennes University and did did baseball, did basketball, um, and did some high school sports with Al uh, around the area down there in Bedford and Paley and such. And, uh, you know, he was just a great influence in, in my life as far as my career was concerned in announcing. And I, and I want to bring this up, you know, as you talk about your connections to Brownstown Speedway and and you when I see you there, you still obviously have so many connections and know so many people there. But one of the coolest things is this year during Speed Weeks down at um, at East Bay, I happen to be watching the broadcast and all of a sudden I hear a vo- voice in the booth and then I hear it's. Hey, look, it's Rusty Shields, and <laughs> you are having a conversation while calling uh, the heat races with Rusty Shields, which leads to, hey, Rusty, do you want to sing the national anthem? So for those of us around here and know Rusty, and oh my gosh, maybe the best national anthem singer I've ever heard, but it's cool to be sitting here and there's there's Rusty in the booth with you and those connections are still there. So well, He had told me, uh, Dustin, a couple weeks before that that he was coming to East Bay and wanted to know if I could you know, get him in there to sing the anthem. He was coming in on Wednesday of the Speed Week, and uh, sure. And uh, I didn't even really talk to Al, the promoter. I just, I just said, come on and do it. Because <laughs> all we would have for years, I mean, going there since, what, 05, would be a cassette tape of uh whitney houston or something which you know she's good but uh she's no rusty no no she's no no rusty no and uh uh so i you know and it all worked out and he did and he does great i mean obviously i mean he does eldora he does brownstown and so many other places and uh he's just awesome i mean i he's just awesome i mean he's just the best i've ever heard and we all been around a long time. I mean, it's uh, very talented and just just outstanding. And plus, he's a race fan. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and then you know, and uh, you know, that's that's great. And uh, it's just, yeah, that was. I remember what you're talking about that night, and uh, you know, Bob Bob didn't Bob Dillner didn't know him, and I said, like, yeah, hey, you gotta listen to this guy, yeah, the Rusty Shields guy, you know, and uh, he was impressed as well. I thought it was cool that the same family gave both of us a break in announcing because uh, Ted kind of lets you take off, and then Tori gave me the mm-hmm. shot at it. You know, that's that's what he said. He's like, you know, well, Dad let James do it. You know, he's I'll let you do it. So, well, Ted, you know, Ted, uh, Ted ran a tight chip at Brownstown. I mean, him and Ken, they ran a tight chip yes. there for a long time, and uh, they they did a great job, and and they they uh, always had a well prepared racetrack, and 
uh, gosh, I remember the days back and when they used to have to pack the track. Yeah, I remember. Those you remember days. that? Oh, and they, yeah. And they pack it going the opposite, opposite way. Direction, yes. And then we'd have what we called a wet lap and a dry lap qualifying. So they'd come out. They didn't draw numbers back then. They just come out and guys would take one uh, one lap and they pull in the infield. Mm-hmm. Well, when you got to the last car, he would stay out there and basically, you know, you'd start it all over again yeah and uh that's how they that's how they did the program back then and like i said that's when they scored in the infield there yeah uh, well they had timing and scoring and scott uh scott mccain and you know he announced in the infield there and uh just a lot of great memories i mean there's just so many memories that you know uh come to mind and you know i've been very fortunate i mean i'm fortunate to to do what i like to do and uh you know i mean been doing eldora for a long time now you know what 10 years for the world yeah been doing a dream for a while they've done knoxville late model nationals i think i missed the first one because i was doing the dirt track at bardstown world championship and uh went went to knoxville i think it was oh five oh five oh six was the the says oh five and i've done them all since then and done charlotte done you know i mean i've done what people dream of doing i mean you know there's just oh, yeah i look up to so many people i mean i think you know i've told you this i think you're doing a great job i want to you know I reiterate that. yeah no problem and uh you know everybody says to me well you know um you know eldora you go door terry baltus was there and for years and that guy he was awesome and he ought to be in the hall of fame um national dirt late hall of fame but i agree with and that i too. saw him every time i see him at eldora he was coming up talk to me tells me he enjoys listening to me and i saw him at east bay this past february same thing so uh owe a lot to him brett emmerich was always a one of my favorites uh, rick eshelman of course and yeah you know you can go on down the road spanky spanky yeah michael to spain yeah uh worked with a lot of great ones and that you know eshelman and to spain you know they were both brownstown guys you know they mm-hmm. whole lot of famous voices of brownstown there so well ozzy altman you got a you know former voice to have a tampa and he was a a mentor of mine as well and you know a lot of the local guys yourself brad greer at florence he does a great job and uh dustin jared of course working with them and ben shelton and yes michael norris from fairberry and uh just you Ru- got ruben yeah. ruben's a new young one that ruben is great job. i love his enthusiasm <laughs> he's, he's doing a great job and i wish i had his energy of course he's what 21 years old but i mean i remember being 21 and you know and it just just uh i don't know just talking fast i still talk fast i guess somebody <laughs> said the other day at at east bay said you ought to be an auctioneer and i said well you know i've thought about it <laughs> i mean i've talked to mike mincendick you oh, know yeah. and he said come on over oh yeah sometime we'll talk and i thought well maybe that's something thing is though his auction's like on saturday yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. why would you have an yeah. auction during race time there you know and, and he's a big race fan and and he's you know um i've known him for a while and uh it's something i mean people don't realize how much you have to know and also you, you got to talk as fast as your mind sees you know that's what, right you know you're right. calling it as soon as you're seeing it you don't have time to think about it or script it you just gotta you have to well talk. he's he's there selling you know tractors and plows and farm equipment and household items and yeah. antiques and uh you know grandma's bass guitar i don't know whatever else and uh who is this by the way right here who is this is this that's you? me Dustin. that's me right there you right there okay 
I just <laughs> that's when I was younger and thinner. <laughs> he still doesn't have any hair though. <laughs> All the hair's on your face now, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Now I know what you're talking about. But <laughs> but you got to know something in real estate. Real estate. I mean, you got to know all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I know I'd have to go to school for that. I think it's like 10 days or something. I don't know. You have to go to Indianapolis and all that. So, I don't know. That might be something down the road to do. But uh, I would be interested in it. But like I said, I mean, most of the auctions are on Saturday. So, that would be right. – <laughs> As long as I stay, you know, doing what I'm doing, it'd be very difficult to do that. Hey, let's take a quick break here for our first round of sponsors, and we'll be right back with James Essex. Race fans, In the Fastlane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really... Who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place, p3racingshirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum (laughs) quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. And we are back here again with James Essex, the voice of the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And before I turn it back over, I do want to say, don't forget, again, one of our sponsors right there in that reel, Dirt to Media, uh, Ryan Bowling. Huge shout out to him. Quarantine special. He's going to show last year's No Way Out 40 uh, for free. Get over to dirttomedia.tv. All you got to do is use your um, email address to sign up, and he is going to show that for free. There'll be a a announcement coming out on the dirt to media facebook page at 9 p.m so check that out exciting stuff there um just want to shout out how much we appreciate that for all of us that i know i'm going to be tuning in to watch that just so we can get a little racing fix going so i also got to say um joe hartwell texts me and dirk he asked you to to not talk nearly as much <laughs> um that's he just texts me and asks if next to a legend what if, else can i say if yeah. dirk if dirk could could quiet down so james could talk he'd appreciate it so dirk, dirk is uh he's uh he's he wants to be my agent i think I yeah think he's, he's kind of 
He's kind of, you know, now that Tom Brady's gone uh, from New England, he's he's looking for <laughs> looking for another client maybe, but uh well, I want to ask you this, James. Yes. Ryan Gassaway is listening, and he he asked, "What is the craziest race you've ever called? What's one that you just at one, Brownstown or anywhere? Let's go anywhere." Oh, I, well, obviously the <laughs> uh, right here. Yeah. Anybody see that? Huh. You Wh- know. Which time? <laughs> Actually, weighs pretty good there. Up oh, there went his hood. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously the, uh, anything involving Scott Bloomquist is going to make news. And, uh, you know, when that happened at the dream there a few years ago about him being light at the scales and, uh, you know, I guess that a lot of this, all of it, you know, that I've come up with over the past, you know, the police stay green. I came up with that. It was a Lucas oil race somewhere. I don't even remember several years ago. And it was like, it was a heck of a race going great battle for the lead and i'm thinking please stay green and that's like stuck with me uh ever since then and uh no green light probably would have to rank up there and uh you know at eldora back when that happened what was that now three or four years ago i mean you know it's happened a couple times obviously um just that's just the craziest stuff right there i mean it's like how can this keep happening when they put him to the tail, though, and he raced all the way back and won, that had to be a great race to call also. Well, that was with the window net, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. he was, you know, and uh, he got called out for that and got stopped on the track, and uh, they removed that, and then he went to the tail and come back up there, because if they didn't, he probably would have lapped off the Yeah, he field. would have. You're exactly right. And uh, just, I mean, I've known Scott a long, long time. I mean, you know, I go back to the late 80s when he started coming to Brownstown, and uh, in fact, I mean, a little, little tidbit here, guys, that – uh he he we had to have a tampa come back to brownstown well we was there for three years 95 96 97 and i was in his 96 97 98 and uh very successful with that and of course that was the series back then i mean you had mm-hmm. stars also stars was a very good series but uh scott had kind of had a falling out with have a tampa like in 1994 and he had quit running that series he'd been running that series a long time and he's the all-time winningest driver in that series a matter of fact but um, he called when 96 it was we had to have for first to have a Tampa race schedule and he called me because that was the first year me and Terry we were promoting it and he called me because he I'd known him like I said since the late 80s and we talked for a long time and he was disgruntled obviously over the what happened there in 94 with the anniversary race and uh, there were some issues there that's been well documented and uh, he called me and he you know first off he was he's I'm glad to see you running it and you're going to do a good job and all this and and he wanted to come back because he vowed that he would not come back to brownstown he would i mean it was one of his favorite tracks i mean yeah. it's been well documented mm-hmm. him and he and billy moyer i mean it's one of their favorite racetracks all time brownstown is and scott goes um i'd like to come back and i said well you're more than welcome to i mean we'd love to have you and uh so we talk and we i mean we talked probably about an hour I don't think my wife probably liked that because she, <laughs> you know, she didn't like she didn't like what I was doing. But, um, you know, and and he he said, man, this I want to come back and run. He said Brownstown's one of my favorite tracks. He said, you know, I know I said wasn't coming back, but he said since you're there, so I'll come back. And uh, last last words he said was, uh, can you hit me up with some pit passes? <laughs> and. Um, 
Imagine that. Always working an angle. And that was back. You know, that was back in the day when he was getting. You know, some of these tracks he was probably getting about five grand to show up. You know. Yeah. And uh, I said, nah, I really can't do that. You know, that that would look. You know, first year doing this, promoting, and you know that would look. You know, that wouldn't look good. And he said, okay. He said, I understand. So I thought, well, well, he's probably not going to come now. You know. And I wouldn't give me any pit passes. So next thing I know, I remember being there that day, and uh, every time we held a half a tampa race, it rained. I mean, it mm-hmm. rained most of the day at Brownstown. We, we still ended up having a good crowd and everything was successful. But uh, I remember him pulling in at the front gate. And it's like, well, that's pretty cool. And it's pretty good, you know. And um, that, uh, you know, and then he, I think he ended up winning. If I'm I not think, mistaken. I think, so, yeah. I think he did win. And, uh, you know, and. I mean, I I did his 200th win, his 500th, and his 600th win. I did, did all those. Two of those were at Brownstown, right? Yes. I mean, the 500 and yeah. 600. Yes. The 200, I don't remember where that was. But as far as the craziest, I mean, Ryan's question, <laughs> I forgot what the question was. <laughs> Get me talking about this stuff. But, um, oh, I don't know. I, I, it's it's just, just so many races. I mean, I don't even know how many races I've done. I mean, you know, I did Brownstown for 21 years, and then I've done over 600, close to 700 now with Lucas Oil. So, wow, I've been to a lot of tracks, and uh, uh, there, there's been so many good. I mean, I remember at Brownstown. I mean, we run a Jackson 100, no cautions. I think we did that maybe two years in a row. Yes, and yeah, there was a couple cool. years in a row, like Tuesday Classic or Kenny Simpson race, and it come down to the final lap. Yeah, I mean, Curry had a. Big. Gil and Curry, yeah, that, yeah Gil and great. Jim Curry, and then there was another one with uh, Gil and Larry Moore, I believe. Yes, and uh, we had to actually go to the videotape. That was back when Roger was running it, and we actually had to go to a videotape to see who won. And I think Larry Moore won. They they gave it to Larry Moore, and you know that was that was back when Brownstown you could run up to the front stretch wall. Well, oh you yeah, know? yeah. That uh, was Jeff Purvis. Jeff Purvis was, Purvis was yeah. the one that actually started that. He make it like a big. Diamond. circle yeah, yeah a circle and he come off the front stretch and go off the back stretch and then kenny simpson started doing that and he won the jackson 184 and then but when they come across the line you know no transponders i mean yeah. this was the this was early 90s and uh well, maybe it was late maybe it was 80s something like that and you know you, you got larry moore and, and gill coming across there and gill was driving for gene dalton then the 96 car yeah and they come across and you couldn't see you know how it is up yeah. there. And he come across with their flag stand. You couldn't see it. And so we had to go to the video. Fortunately, somebody had it videoed from the grandstand. <laughs> so we had to go back, and that took a while. It was a stars race, I think. So we had to make the decision on that. And I mean, to tell you, Gene Dalton, he just like come unglued. I mean, Gene Dalton's probably the smartest man I ever saw. There was a car owner set up cars. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy. I mean, this guy had no slouches in his race cars. You know that. Oh yeah, that's Matt. what I was getting to say. That everybody was anybody drove Gene Dalton's car. Well, right? it started Jack Owens was his brother-in-law, and uh, we lost Jack several years ago. But yeah, uh, Jack Owens, and then you know you had Crockett, Petro, uh, Ira Baston, obviously Don Hobbs drove for him. Brian Asbury, uh, John Gill, uh, Gotsy drove a little bit for his wife, Gene's uh, wife and uh i mean my goodness that guy had no there's no slouches there you're yeah. talking hall of fame drivers and uh he con- he we went to hobstadt the next day because that was the year that we ran hobstadt in 86 roger williams did and we went there and we had to race the next day and oh 
Gene Dalton pulls in there. And everybody's got open trailers. And he's over talking. Dalton, is, he's still wound up. And he, he had a cigar in his mouth and yeah. all this. And he's coming up to me and, you know, he's saying that, you know, he got screwed over, you know, and we didn't really say that word. <laughs> <laughs> right. We understand. You know what I'll I mean, use guys. my creativity. You know what I mean, guys. But uh, he, he was hotter than a firecracker. And he was just going on and on. And I think I, I don't know what i said i might have smarted off something <laughs> you know and i just had enough of it and imagine that i just kind of walked away <laughs> i just kind of walked away and he was just fit to be tied and it's like oh you know you'll get over it but john didn't say nothing john gill didn't say a word about it he didn't say anything about it but uh he probably he, knew he was second place yeah, he probably knew he was second or he knew you know that it was close and he didn't really know and yeah. uh, obviously we'd had transponders back then we would have would have known but uh you know the guys you know it's been a great run i mean you know i don't know how long much longer i want to do this i mean i might do it 10 15 i i'm always a belief not to put a date on something like mm -hmm. a retirement you know what i mean guys dustin matt oh yeah you, you know you, you do that and you kind of box yourself in so i mean if i can go as long as i feel good and healthy and you know i i was diagnosed a couple years ago with sleep apnea and uh that was a big thing i mean i mean it was like being on the road and you know i'd be in a hotel room whatever and the guys next door they could hear me snoring <laughs> like, you know it's just part of life right well no it's more serious than that so my girlfriend she told me to go do a sleep test and so i did do a sleep test and uh they found out that i had stopped breathing 220 times in one oh, night wow. 220 times in one night and you know that that that's one thing there's millions of people out there who don't know they have it yes and uh, so i've been on a cpap machine for a couple of years um had the eye i told you about my eye yeah. back at at february in east bay first night at east bay you know everything's going fine during the day and getting ready to go and all of a sudden i got like a black dot shadow in my left eye i wore contacts and i thought well you know it's just it could be an eye floater could be something well it didn't go away and so basically i announced east bay all week with one eye you know because it was like i couldn't it was a shadow there fortunately I had my tv monitors right. in front of me for the lor tv and all that worked out and uh get home and i go see my doctor and he says you need to go to indianapolis right now and so i did and they got one of the best eye surgeons in the country there and he took care of me and he said i was within a couple of days of losing my sight in my left eye oh my god completely you said it was detached retina right detached retina uh -huh. you know people ask me well does it hurt i said no it never hurt one bit it never it never i never rubbed my it was just it was just aging process i mean it wasn't an eye injury or anything wow. like that and so while he was t testing my left eye then he tests my right eye and he goes um we got a problem here and i go what do you mean he goes you're about to lose your retina you're about to detach retina in your right eye and he said so he had to repair these what little tears that happen around your eyeball and what happened on my left one the tear was big enough that my retina got out oh my gosh so on the right one he had to go and he had to do i mean right there that day repair that one with laser and get it get those tears taken care of so he's like wow 
I think we're going to have to renegotiate this contract, James. <laughs> the agent speaking right now. <laughs> so, you know, that's, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I may go on fit. I don't know how long. I don't put a, I don't put a number on anything. Age is just a number anyway, so. Jamie Schaefer said you're going to do it to your note cards disintegrate. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story about that and i got started on it because i think i learned that from eshelman and eshelman does that and he, eshelman does his in pencil so he uses the same ones year after year he just erases if somebody changes he just erases it i write mine in pen permanent ink so i get a new car and i do new cards every year and but i used to when i was at brownstown and somebody credited me with this and i don't know if it's true or not that i was really the first one when i did my stories for mid-america when i announced i was the first one to give the sponsors the car i think you are the first one and back in the early 80s and spanky had said something michael despain said something about that and i said i didn't even think about that i would type up back on my smith corona corona matic <laughs> you ever guys ever see that with uh, probably not yeah the cartridges yeah I, you had the black cartridge it was a it was a it was a film ribbon well it was actually a fabric ribbon and you had the correction tape you just take out the black put in the correction if you need to correct well every week and this was when i was still probably in high school and college and all that every week i type it up. even if i got a new one why don't you just add it on the bottom oh yeah no I'd retype. I mean, if we had fifty cars, I'd I'd retype it and add this one guy in. <laughs> it's like th- I mean, think about it. It's just crazy. Now the no cards, and I don't have to do that. But that's what, everybody says. Well, why don't you why don't you put them on your computer? I learned that from Chris Steppen, and he put and I said, dude, when you're qualifying three or four at a time, you that's hard. I can't do yeah. that. So I get my qualifying sheet and I get them in the order. Zip from there. I just try my best to memorize them. Because I tried the, your note card idea and I cannot, <laughs> you know, I can't get them switched right. out fast enough. By the time I find it, then they're gone. So, you know, it's uh, it's hard. You know, I'm, I'm more amazed of your folder of birthdays of drivers, <laughs> man, because you would not believe all the stuff he carries up to the tower with him. But he has a folder, I think, of every driver you've ever announced. How you have their birthday? Didn't I have? I have a uh, printed sheet of everybody's birthday, even unfortunately drivers that are deceased. I yes. still have all that, and I need. Thanks for reminding me. I need to update that at some point, probably <laughs> next winter. But um, yeah, I mean that's something I learned that at uh, back. I think that was from Terry Baltus at Eldora. Whenever he would announce and he would give, you know, uh, the forty-nine-year-old from columbus indiana or somebody like right, that yeah. and that's where i caught on to that but i mean i used to use that all the time kind of do that once in a while now but it's it's kind of interesting and i think people like to hear that maybe but um that, that's a good point i you know when i started that that was probably oh my i mean like you said i got a collection of i mean i go back to probably the brownstown in the late 80s oh I was, of stuff you know i think it might be a little earlier than that because i might be i I looked through that one i was like i can't believe all the i mean just rows and rows of birthdays that's amazing it's unbelievable i mean and they're in alphabetical order too that's what's crazy and uh (laughs) i did what happened to me a couple years ago is uh chad and chris simpson you know they're brothers and uh i think chad's older and uh what i did is when i don't know if it was at knoxville or wherever i was and i had them on i had them switched and next thing i know the next chris is chris is coming he said i'm not 
35 years old or whatever <laughs> and uh so i went back and corrected that because i had them switched for whatever reason i don't i don't know maybe when i looked on my sheet and chris you know you, you when you do that in a file it's like the first the first letter of their first name yeah. you, you go a b c and on down so you had all the simpsons basically together you know chad and chris so i transposed them oh yeah <laughs> So, I mean, I had a guy, uh, Charles Powell, who ran with us down at East Bay, and, and he was coming, you know, this weekend to Brownstown for the first time, and, and I, I wrote down his birthday, and he was born in 1985. Well, you know, he hadn't had a birthday yet this year, so I announced him as, uh, you know, I was when I was figuring this up, I'm thinking, okay, he's 34 in your mind. Well, I said he was 44, and he, he just comes up to me one day, and he, he next down in East Bay, and he's just laughing, and he said, by the way, he said, you got me 10 years older than I am, <laughs> you know, so oh, it's, kind of an, it's kind of an added bonus, you know, that I like doing that, you know. When you mess up announcing, they all can't wait to let you know you messed up, can they? Well, I think, well, I've told you this, and, I, and I've and i made comments to people. you got to have thick skin. Oh, you have mm-hmm. to. I mean, yes. whether you're an announcer or promoter or scorer or flagman, and yeah. I remember, uh, I'm doing good on time, aren't I? Am you're I doing fine. Good? We still got, we're, we're not worried sure about time. You don't want to go an hour and a half? We're not. We don't have time. We're on no time limits nope. tonight. No, no curfew time tonight, huh? Now the governor hasn't we called just us yet. We can't bring in any, like, four or five more people. We'd yeah. be over it, but time, yeah. we're good. <laughs> That's true. We're still we're still underneath the ten person capacity. Yes, so. but no, you've got to. No matter what you do in racing, you've got to have thick skin. I mean, I, I mean, I don't envy like Rick Schwally. I mean, he, you know, and 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 these guys that lead these series and yes. the decisions they've had to make here in the last few weeks. I mean, you you got to remember that uh, you know Lucas Oil. I mean, their drivers they they need a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, you might say, ah, oh, you know. You got to have a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. They don't I mean, have full, that. Is their full time job? That is their full time yes. job. I mean, I'm I'm not a full time. I mean, people may be shocked to hear that, but I'm not full time Lucas Oil. But now I get paid per race, and I get paid for the television stuff. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if we don't race, then I don't get paid. I mean, there was a stretch. What did we go last year? Four or five weeks in a yes. row. We didn't even race because oh, yeah. of the rain. And now with the way things are here this year, who knows? Right. I mean, we've delayed the season for thirty days and. Uh, you know, I think other series have followed suit today on some stuff, but I mean, we may not get to start then. I mean, this may go on into May. This may go on into June. Nobody knows. And uh, We're all hoping not, but, I mean, it, you're right. It, you got to figure that. Well, one thing I like to say, I mean, what's going to happen is, and you've already seen it with our schedule changes, there's races going to be run on top of races. Mm-hmm. I, and That's I know that, you know, the, the, the touring series, Outlaws and, and Lucas, I mean, they've tried, I mean, they've done a great job over the last few years of not trying to stay off, you know, trying to stay off of Crown Jewel races and such. But um, it's going to come to the point where. There's only so many Fridays only, and yeah. yeah, I mean, we've only yeah. got, we, we filled the Brownstown Atomic, of course, in May, and then June filled the 411 and um, Talladega short track but what what it is we're about out of weekends mm-hmm. yeah and neither the touring series national Touring, they're not going to run against the dream of the world i mean i'm pretty confident they're not going to be able to do that yeah. and that leaves well do you extend the season now you can't you can't extend the season i mean the last race is at portsmouth and that's mid-october i mean we're booked in october except you got to be off for the world and the dream and there's just a few weekends left so if this keeps going uh there's i mean there's already been some comments made and you know people are you know they don't understand but that's the way it is you're going to have 
you know, on top of races. I mean, I, that's unfortunately the the way we are here in twenty. I mean, there. I mean, who knows? The whole season may be. We don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. The whole season may be gone. No, and I know we were talking earlier before we came on the air just about how much it's changed in the last two weeks with what this is. But I think the first time that it two things that really sunk into me was the first time i read the the article with roger penske and he said the 500s day to day and that was a week and a half ago and i'm thinking that's the end of may like he's already like in his mind it's day to day what it's going to be and then when the kentucky kentucky derby announced they were moving to september like those are second time in history those are two of the most iconic events for may talking oh, the yeah. 500 and the the derby both of those talking about not being in that's where you're you're exactly right this is something serious that we don't know where it's going to end up well we were talking beforehand and i think everybody i mean a couple weeks ago i was like about everybody else i didn't yeah we'll race and then then you had what happened in the nba and you know what i'm saying matt you had the yeah, nba yeah. and they shut down and they had a couple people test positive for coronavirus and you had nhl shut down you had major league baseball you had the final four and uh all that shuts down and and nascar and oh yeah indycar and formula one and it's like this stuff's getting serious and it's not it's not probably done yet no i mean there may become you know we're all going to be in our houses but i, I mean uh, you know i can't sit there and say well we're going to race you know we're, we're on a 30-day hiatus and you go to hagerstown and port royal and and I know people say, well, poor Royal. Well, they, the, those tracks that ran in Pennsylvania last, they've shut them down. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not racing. Yep. And you go to uh, Maryland and North Carolina, I found out, I mean, it's against the law. You go and race, and or if you have a business or open a restaurant that you still have dining, you're not supposed to, they can come and arrest you. Yeah. yeah. And they'll fine you. Well, and I know one thing, and, you know, going back to, I told you this beforehand, ryan bowling and i were even looking at the possibility of going down and shooting a a go-kart race in georgia this weekend and earlier in the week the promoter said the governor's not said anything that we can't so we're pushing forward but then today not only were there concerns about the virus he couldn't get any kind of product in for his concession stand he he couldn't they couldn't find it they couldn't get in he said i i can't i can't run it without concession product and right so even some of those things talking about shipping and what's available and where guys can get it this is a much more bigger thing than just the racetrack well, well that, that makes you wonder when the, the quarantine lifts the logistics of getting yes. stuff shipped back how long is that going to take to get all that back in order well i think the, the thing is and, and you know i i mean we all agree with what's going on with the decision made by the series and the racetracks and all that i mean that's right that's what we ought to be doing we shouldn't right. be racing but um you, you look at this and i and i feel bad for brad mccown and tomic and jim at brownstown because let's be honest about it this that's it's a big money maker yeah what sets up this weekend year. was yeah. going to be yeah. a big money maker mm-hmm. lucas oil in town there's really nobody else running and you got all these fans and all these drivers and it was going to be and that's a big hit mm-hmm. yeah because it's just like a rain out and i have learned this for years the second time around it's never as good you yeah. you're not going to have the crowd that you would have had if you would have ran the it first original, time yes. if you'd ran it on its original date yep and uh learn that for years but you get into may there and then you got you know you're bumping up against whatever but you got to do what you got to do you can't 
you know, you, you there's going to be hurt feelings. There's, you know, people going to be, you know, not happy about it, but that's just the way it is. Because, I mean, we owe it to our sponsors. I mean, we've got contracts with our sponsors that we've got to run a certain amount, you know, I'm sure a certain amount of races. And then you've got, uh, you know, the drivers need a paycheck. I mean, mm-hmm. all of our guys, I mean, that's what they do for a living. Yeah. They race. And if they don't find a race, if we don't race, they're going to be looking for someone to race. But uh, obviously, they get winner circle money with us. I mean, the top twelve uh, get winner circle money, and that that helps. And uh, it's just um, we don't know when it's going in. I mean, it might be May first, it might be June first, it might be. I, I have no idea. But uh, you talked about the Indy five hundred, and, and it's like, what do you do? I mean, I mean. Uh, you know the brickyards on july what july 4th yeah right and i was thinking the other day about this it's like wouldn't that be cool as heck if he ran a double header oh oh wow (laughs) but but obviously you know you've got ticket sales for both but he don't have lights and he's not going to go put millions of dollars worth of musco lighting in there just to do that maybe a one-time only but wouldn't that be cool as heck you'd run the brickyard or you know you'd run the brickyard maybe started at 11 when it finishes up then you run everybody out but you know the logistics of it probably wouldn't but that would be cool as heck oh, though. I'm thinking the, if, if he, the brickyard if, on saturday and the 500 on sunday that would be cool sure too. sure yeah because the, the brickyard and i and i understand this i mean it was in september and then you're bucking against football colts and everybody else and so you move it to hot weekend i mean it's hotter than a pistol then yeah, yeah. that was yeah. the whole and, thing of getting it away from august you know and that's what people were thinking okay well maybe roger put in lights and uh, maybe that'll be to be cooler but um that schedule was already out before he before he took over ownership yeah. from tony george and uh, you know but that would be such a that would be just awesome but i mean you think about you know all that's going on and and you know prayers to all of our families and all that but you look at the city of indianapolis the hit they've taken i oh mean you God. have the oh, big yeah. 10 tournament and they get one day in last week and they cancel the rest of it all the hotel rooms all of the downtown restaurants and then they were supposed to host the second round of the ncaa tournament yep and so long and then what what did they have the supercross saturday night lucas oil stadium it got scrubbed so and even um, people i don't think realize how many conferences and things that indianapolis holds because of the the way the city set up that none of that stuff well i'm thinking all the uh the wait staff of all the restaurants absolutely you know they they all got laid off you know the cooks can come in but you know the wait staff they're they're done well and one thing i want to say to the race fans out there and you know and and I get that everybody is antsy and I get that everybody wishes we had answers and and I I can't speak as a race promoter I can speak from my actual job as a high school principal and not having answers right now because no one does understand that I I get that it would be a lot easier for some of these local tracks if the promoter came out and said we're not racing again until June 1st but the promoters want to take it week by week because if there's an opportunity to race they want to get it out there and race if that's the right decision but understand that these guys are trying to none of us i'm not a medical expert Uh, jim price isn't a medical expert and i'm not picking on him when he says when i say that he's trying to make the best decision based on the information he can gather and and he wants to race he wants to get us in there and give us opportunities but he wants to do what's right by the fans the drivers and his his employees well we were talking about earlier and, and you know i'm not gonna speak for jim um but everybody know around here brownstown speedway is on county county fairgrounds yeah so then you really got a double-edged sword it's like you know what are they what do you do if you do run 
or, or the sheriff's department is the health department they're gonna come shut you down and right. they're gonna you know you're gonna lose the track i mean i, I the things could things could be like that. there's you know it's different than having a privately owned racetrack but uh you know the, you got to consider all that and i know that they do and, 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 and they, most of these promoters they know what they're doing i mean you know they want to race just like all of us do i mean we're disappointed but we look at the overall situation it's for the best and uh you know you you, you don't want to put the the safety of your fans and uh the, the the pit crews the drivers the the staff the officials and all that in harm's way i mean you know you look at nascar and you say well, why did they cancel they wasn't going to have a crowd there well they get a lot of money from they get the most of their money from television mm-hmm. yeah you know they don't get it you know whatever you know paid grandstand is whatever extra but they get most of their money to pay the purse through that and but but you consider this all the pit crews there you had the pit crews you had the tv reporters you yep. had the the drivers and all that and that was a pretty mass gathering and why put them in jeopardy as well so you know like i said it's if there was a vaccine for it you know you could probably understand but it might be a year before you have that right. you know and uh it changes it's changed like i said in the week and then and i mean by the time we leave out of here who knows what's going absolutely. on absolutely we might have martial law i don't know yeah. but i think you know i see a lot of posts over you know not only here but in other states you know and and, and they government is there to protect us from us <laughs> you know and i said that earlier and it's like what do you mean i said you know there's a lot of people that they don't you know i've seen people badmouth governors and calling them names there's no no need for that i mean you know i know we're upset i know we want to race but you got to look at it sensibly it's people's health is in you know that's like if I, I go out here and try to run a race and there's a tornado warning you right. know, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then that happened at a racetrack. Um, well, it, at Brownstown one night, we had uh, we was racing. This is a long time ago, and uh, we had the sheriff's deputy. This was before cell phones and yeah. before mm-hmm. Doppler radars, and we had one of the sheriff's deputies come up there and said, "You need to get everybody out of here." They just they'd spotted a tornado at the Lawrence Jackson County line, coming out of Bedford. And it, and the wind had picked up and so on, so we had to, you know, scramble and kind of announce, you know, that we need to, you know, you don't want to alarm people too bad, but, you know, that's uh, you needed to, mm-hmm. I mean, you needed to, and I know there was another track that, uh, this was back in the eighties probably, and Brownstown had canceled early in the day, and because it was a threat of weather all day, and uh, there was another track that ran, and they had a tornado close by and they didn't tell nobody yep and uh bad deal hey let's take a break here for our second round of sponsors and we'll be right back again with james essex don't let your saturday night go without the excitement and live action at southern indiana's premier dirt track brownstown speedway schaefer photo and custom tea is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia mark and jamie schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like from prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more, stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea Booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 
592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. Legacy Paint and Body is a family-owned auto body paint and repair shop located in Columbus, Indiana. Specializing in collision repairs, insurance claims for collision work, restorations, rust repair, headlight restoration, detailing, and more. If you have any questions about the quality of work they do, check out their Facebook page. Contact them today at 812-799-1344 for a free estimate and tell them your friends at Throttled Up sent you. And we are back here again with James Essex, the voice of Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And before I jump back in, I do want to give a shout out again to one of our sponsors there, OCC Seamless Gutters. Uh, the man, Jeremy Owens, will be here on the podcast with us next week, making a change uh, to a late model this year. We're going to talk to him about his move from the modified to the late model. And um, Jeremy is a, a great friend of the show, has been on... Yes. I, we're gonna have to go back and really count because he's it, he's the uh the joan rivers is throttled up well it, it'd be tight between him and devon yes and I, <laughs> yes. I i don't know for sure which by the way let me let me go ahead and do this before we come back because this is pretty impressive and we, we still got a couple days left though right no it is over oh is it yeah it is over um let me make sure because it was supposed to end today i don't know exactly what time but <laughs> Uh, again, in the throttled up uh, and dirt to media, uh, Indiana icebreaker fan favorite bracket, which we didn't know we'd be the only March Madness going on this year. See, um, we, we were forerunners on that. Um, <laughs> well, the poll ends in 23 minutes, so it's it's still got 23 minutes. But I have to say that Saturday night, Don O'Neill was leading Devin Gilpin. 60 to 40 percent in the voting i think there was about 700 votes in there and i will be the first to admit i sent a text message to devin and said this is just sad you're getting waxed and devin said wait and see in those handful of days we are now at 1400 votes and devin has taken the lead 52 to 48 over don o'neill and i got a text today from Devin right before he went on the air and Devin said now do you see what DGR nation can do and I said Devin man I'm impressed that is uh that's pretty exciting stuff so unless that changes in the next 23 minutes it the finals for the fan favorite the Indian icebreaker is going to come down between two local favorites in Devin Gilpin and Hudson O'Neill I bet a yellow. Car, <laughs> I bet a yellow car is going to win. I would say the yellow car we're pretty safe on. So, so we still have time. So, not all precincts are re, precincts are reporting. Uh, not all right? precincts not, have not, reported. Not, not, the votes are not in yet officially. But uh, do we have to stay on the air for twenty three more minutes to well, cover, or what do you want? We may. We may. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure you got enough you can talk about. We want to make sure I do. We want to make sure every vote counts. But uh, I mean, every vote counts. But huge shout out again. That's been a lot of fun, and and I I do have to say to both Devin um, with what he has done getting his people involved and excited about the the bracket what the masters have done with both Don and Huddy being involved um, them sharing it and then Jason I gotta, Jameson I gotta go back to Jason Jameson yes. he he has got a crew that jumped on this from the get-go and you know this is our our second this is our highest vote total at 1400 votes yeah. but Jason and Devin went to uh, 11 or 1200 votes yes. as well so pretty cool stuff what does the winner get i mean what does uh, the winner get uh a, an extra interview by matt and i i mean it's yeah, a real no, prestigious I mean, that's, deal that, that's i mean that's just uh 
That's pretty impressive. Well, I'll be honest. I don't when we, mind. When we, the cool thing is whoever wins will be returning visitor to Throttle. That is. That is very, very true. We have, yeah. We've narrowed it down to where it is only uh, uh, returning guests. So... Um, but no, it just it, we wanted to do something fun here in the month of March and uh, and get some people excited about racing. You, you know, I just look at that. It looks like Kyle Bronson, doesn't it? A little. Oh yeah. Well, the <laughs> arms a little, a little small for Kyle. That neck ain't near long enough. <laughs> <laughs> that neck. That guy, I tell you, he got a fast car at East Bay, did he? Oh, yes, he did. A couple times. He tore and up a that guy is something too. else. And you know, he's been winning in the crate and all that. And I know he was looking forward to this weekend, but um we'll see him hopefully next month but uh uh the georgia florida speed he's just great racing i mean you saw that and that that was really fun and uh you know i we'll just see well i'm sure hopefully we'll pick it back up here and oh, yeah. maybe 30 days and uh go from there then we know we'll pick it back up sometime james let me ask you this and you have seen the best of the best and the most amazing and and I won't even say, can you settle on one wheel man that you've watched that just blows you away, but who is in that group of the absolute elite that you just are blown away by that you've watched? Are you talking about national or local level or let's do, let's do each, let's do national and local. Well, you know, I, you know, uh, obviously I've liked Jeff Purvis for a long time, you know, I mean, when he first came to Brownstown, he, he won and yeah. Uh, just was dominant there and you know and he went to Eldora and was dominant there and you know went to NASCAR and ARC and all that and it didn't turn out so well and uh, as far as the most talented drive it's hard to say as far as national I mean obviously Scott and Billy they're they're right there and uh, you know people like that and there's no doubt they're they're on the Mount Rushmore I mean you could you could go uh, with Purvis or you could go you know Freddie Smith or Donnie Moran or uh Jack Boggs somebody like Jack Boggs would drive he had a lot of success at Brownstown you yes, know and um uh it's just hard to say because it's a different era and you know but Purvis was just um at his age at that point I mean he was just spectacular and uh you know scott and billy known both of them for a long long time and since they you know come to brownstown in the mid to late 80s and and i remember when billy moyer coming he was billy moyer jr yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 he did that he was like that at every racetrack and it was like no he never corrected anybody i mean that's what i always called him because i look back at some old press releases or uh, yeah. stories that i did and it was billy moyer jr yeah I, it I remember that as a kid. And then when his son came out, he was Billy Moore Jr. I said, well, how are we doing it twice? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah here comes Billy. Here comes Junior Jr. And it's like, what's going on here? And uh, the thing of it is, is that they got different middle names. I mean, Billy Moyer Jr. Jr. Is a, and, and we had that down at East Bay when we did the, uh, the lineups and we distinguished between them as uh, billy moyer senior which he's not a billy moyer senior right. and billy moyer <laughs> jr and uh bec you gotta have the same middle name right you yeah. know if you're going to be that but uh i heard that got started from a, a t-shirt screw up actually and it just ran for a while they're, they're talking they, the the original the billy original moyer? bill yeah somebody put billy moyer well, jr uh, bill billy uh billy moyer his his dad's name was bill moyer i mean yeah. he raced sprint cars you know back in a uh, long time ago and uh, then then Billy Moyer comes along and he goes by June and he never corrected anybody. Yeah, I mean he go to Eldora, he come Brownstown, he go wherever, and he was known as Billy Moyer Junior. So 
And then Junior Junior decided he was going to go racing, and uh, it's like this is crazy. But I mean, <laughs> what we what we did starting last year is that when Billy when Billy Moyer Junior would come and draw, he just wanted to go by number twenty one. Of course, he's got twenty one Junior on there, mm-hmm. but we went we just he just go twenty one Moyer Junior. So then when they come to East Bay and, and all that, so it was, it was Billy Moyer Sr. and Billy Moyer Jr. and all that. And I never called him Billy Moyer Sr. because I knew that, it that really wasn't was. it. But, you know, to distinguish between them. And, uh, I mean, I remember when we was doing a Lucas Oil TV race last year. And we, we had a race that uh, Junior was in. And his dad wasn't there. But on the screen popped up his dad. <laughs> you know, so it was like, well, that's interesting. But it's all it's all good fun and you know the the second gen i mean you know to be around long enough i mean huddy he huddy's like a third generation driver i yeah. mean his grandfather raced and of course his dad and uncle and uh you know these guys the morans and all that i mean my goodness i remember uh well obviously when they were all born yeah mm-hmm. you know and uh uh just uh i mean just uh just a great lineage there of of all those guys and i, I mean i i told i talked to billy moyer jr about this a year or two ago and i said Man, just think of the pressure on that guy when your father's won 840 features and he's six-time world 100 winner how, how there's there's no way you can live up to that yeah. how, how much pressure would that be on a daily basis to he said well, you just got to be yourself that's what i tell announcers i mean you, you got young announcers coming up to you and i said just be yourself just yeah. do your own thing don't try to copy anybody just and that's how i learned it is just do my own just do my own style and you know and i know some people have you know and and, and it's all in good fun and i and i appreciate it i mean they, they use some you know the please stay green no green light and all that and you go on oh my and uh, are you kidding me all that and, and, and that, i just take that as a compliment i mean i take that as a compliment and uh you know it's just uh i i just you can't write this stuff down you can't go you can't write this stuff down. i almost say this tonight mm-hmm. yeah you can't do that it just comes off the top of my head i mean you know i'm an door or i'm somewhere in any you know they they do a slide job to finley or to columbus or oh, yeah. cincinnati and and i do that at some places and it's just it just it just comes off the top of my head just like we did a few at east bay you know i did a slide job all the way to miami or you know yeah. something like that you just gotta gotta be the right timing to do that you know well, and I think one thing, and this is something I, I always credit Matt as well, and I think it goes back to that. The best announcers are are true race fans at heart right. first. Right. Because it is just natural. It, it's the same thing with me sitting in the stand as a fan that's never called a race, never driven. But the excitement you get, it's the same kind of things I would say to somebody with, please stay green, please stay green. You know, right. as you're watching. right that's the passion that you guys have the passion and matt matt's the same way passion is what it's all about we're race fans and, First, and yeah. we are and quite honestly we don't care who wins we want to see a good race and and i know i've seen some i mean there's some people in the past they said that that i show favoritism to this and that well you know jonathan davenport wins a lot of races and i'm going to talk about him Mm-hmm. Now, if he's running 15th, I really don't say much. It's the same way with Scott. I mean, a couple of years ago when Richard, Josh Richards come over with this and he was winning some races and he won the championship. Uh, you talk too much about Richards and Rocket. Well, what am I supposed to say? The guy's winning races. He's yeah. running up front yeah. in the points. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about the guy that's running 15th or 16th or whatever. I mean, you know, uh, 
you know, you talked, I mean, I, I remember when you and Josh was talking last, Josh Moffa was talking last week about the TV broadcast, and it's like, I mean, working for LOR TV and then Dirt on Dirt doing stuff with them, and uh, I think they just tremendous. I mean, they do a tremendous yeah. job, and Lucas Oil TV has really done a great job in the last, you know, coming on strong. And, and they say, well, you're, you guys are sitting there talking about the battle and they're showing the guy well that's the producer i mean i don't you know like we did the jackson learn yeah. last year with durham dirt and when i didn't even have a monitor right. i always have a monitor on all my all my lot lr tv two of them yeah and you know you've got four or five camera shots mm-hmm. maybe four three or four at lot tv and 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 with durham dirt you may have one yeah you know and uh you're like oh you know but the the guys that dirt on dirt they know if i don't have a monitor they are on top of it. If I'm talking about the battle for the lead, like last year, Jackson one was fabulous. Hudson yes. and Devin Moran and the battle coming up through there with Don and Hudson and so on and so forth. And they, they cut right. They, they got it all. And LRTV just a great job too. I mean, they do. I mean, uh, they, they've really done. We got a lot of, you know, what, 34 races this year. And, uh, you know, we don't have another race on LRTV until the end of, uh, April. But, um, it's it's fun that's fun to do bob does bob's enthusiastic i know bob catches a little but the guy's enthusiastic and he he, he enjoys it and he, he's there late models he, he loves it and uh oh yeah you know i know he came from the nascar rule but i think he's done a great job and uh but you know that the only thing you know, like i said you gotta have thick skin because you're gonna get <laughs> yeah yep oh, yeah i yeah. mean the same way as like i said being a promoter a flagman score uh there was one night at brownstown i remember um this was before i took before i was promoting it and somebody come upstairs afterwards and you know they get to go to pay off and the and they well i i finished eighth and you're paying me for 12th or something and you know you look at the score sheets because we always kept you know yeah. they, like like we jamie still, do. still does jamie and julie do you and you got the monitor and all that but uh i told somebody i said you and i didn't really say it to anybody but i just said it among people that come do it one night yeah Oh yeah, you, you come now. Flagging now is different with receivers and all that. You remember Niles Lauderball? I mean, oh, he yeah. flagged for me for many, many years. Good friend of mine, great and, flagger too. And and he he would make some calls, and uh, whether you disagreed or agreed with him, he made the calls. Yeah. But you know, I said, come do it one. I come score one night. I mean, back when we used to do it, right? D- Dustin yeah. tried one night to score. He scored what one heat race? Yeah, I was out, and he quit one heat race, and he's like, "I'm done." Yeah, and if Jamie is listening, you you have to have thick skin if you drive the pace truck too, because you know you get the opportunity. I got one chance to drive the pace truck last year, and I got a little excited and stayed out for an extra lap because I saw green. I thought I was going to run the race, and Jamie told me no, I couldn't. I had to pull in, so. Uh, Jamie, if you're listening, I I still. You see, he just made well, it about himself. <laughs> you, you you know a heat race and all. You scored a heat race. You said you didn't I like did. it. Oh my god! How many cars were out there? Like five or six? There, yeah. was, six, there were six cars I, out there. Two, to do I think. Fe- <laughs> yeah, try to do a feature like yeah. like we're at I eighty and we have like forty five cars in the feature or something. You know, or I'd say thirty five maybe. And it's like, you know, back back now. I mean, with transponders and all that, that's fine and dandy, but back then i mean we ran like i said there was a couple of jackson 100s we ran with 100 laps with yeah. 20 probably 24 cars no caution flags no caution yeah oh it blows my mind what what jamie even... and them do up there i mean it, it does and 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 i will give her all the credit in the world because you know and i know that the night she was having me do it there were some questions about whether she was going to be able to be there all night and i 
I have never been so nervous in all my life that she might have to leave and I was going to get thrown to that wolf because I'm like, this isn't going to be good. Thinking back, oh. I don't think you finished the heat race. I think about halfway through or the first caution, you're like, I'm done. No, I finished the heat race, but then I disappeared because I didn't yeah. want to get caught up in any features. <laughs> well, you know, you have people, I mean, they, they would be, they would come unglued. They come upstairs to Brownstown. You could hear them coming up there. You know yeah, that. Oh, the, you the whole thing, you hear them coming yeah. up there and it's like, and they were, they were ticked off and it was like, you know, so you'd have to show them the score sheets, and this is what happened. You know, their always contention is, well, I passed him before the yellow came out, and blah, 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 and, and this and that. And, I mean, I've seen some people just come unglued. I mean, they just come unglued, and, and they were worried about five bucks difference and a payoff <laughs> in a in a bomber feature or something. And I understand that. They're running for points, and, and what's right's right. But, I mean, sometimes they were right. Sometimes they were not. But I always went, when I promoted, it was like, everybody says well you need to treat everybody fairly that's hard to do mm-hmm. oh it's very because you to think do. of people that are your friends that you've known i was there a long long time and it's like you know the 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 night you have to disqualify them for a rule infraction or for rough driving or for something like that and they're not your friend anymore i mean they're just cussing you out like you know and uh, uh i always went with three things when you're a promoter i always said that if you're a promoter and you have a good night and you make money, then there's people out there that are jealous calling you a greedy son of a gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you charge too much. You didn't pay enough. But, you know, so that's why I look at it if you make money. If you break even, they're like, well, at least you didn't lose money. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, yeah. we're not we're not in it to lose money. And then if you lose money, it's like, well, there's always next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's there are people that are just jealous as all get out. I mean, uh, I remember, I mean, uh, you know, there was times I've known a promoter that uh, he showed up one week with a new motorcycle. You might know who I'm talking about. I do. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. And everybody's like, what's what's going on here? You know, there's the guy making all the money, us (laughs) racers, and they weren't all making. It's like you can it's just i just laugh at some of this stuff is just i mean incredible i want to point out here that i'm in real good company because jamie just said she taught hudson o'neill to score one night and he did three laps of a hornet heat and quit so what that tells me is my future must be in the driver's seat well that must be where my talent how about when or in the hot dog sandwich line (laughs) hot dog sandwich how about a few years ago when uh, when uh, he uh, he was doing the broadcast with us on uh, some of the stuff? A, he did. That was just excellent. He's got a future in that when he quits racing, I'll tell you right now. And, so. you know, we was at one Mansfield that one night, Dirt Million, the first yeah. one, and he's like calling Ricky Weiss's from – he knew he was from Canada, but he had no he had no idea it was Manitoba and Manitoba. I don't know what he said. It was, yeah. just, it was just not the right <laughs> thing. But uh, just, you know, and – you know, another thing I want to say before, I mean, you know, uh, you know, we started the Brownstown Hall of Fame, you know, yeah. in, in 95. That was the first time we had done it, and I always wanted to do that forever, and and it's really, that's really a cool thing. I mean, it's you very know, cool. and you do a great job hosting that, and it, it's fun to been there the last few years, but I mean, that's something that, you know, uh, there's not a lot of tracks that do that. No. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's like, you know, Hobstadt had a reunion there a few weeks ago. If Brownstown, if we had a reunion, how many... With the thousands oh. think about that all the all the thousands of people that have raced there oh yeah uh bomber street stock late model modified on and on and on 
I mean, I don't know where you'd hold it at. If you'd what? hold it at the armory or, I mean, I, that would be just unbelievable how many people would show up. And it's just a huge undertaking, I'm I think sure. The thing I'm impressed with when I walk through the stands, the amount of Hall of Famers sits in the stands and watches every Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, that have quit racing or, you know, you show up a lot when Lucas Hall ain't running. Right. You know, Joe Johnson just got inducted. He's there every right. week watching, you know, and then, right. you know, Jimmy B's still working at the track. Right. And he's been inducted right. in there. So, well, I mean, there's just so many great drivers there in street stock. I mean, we go back to the days, you know, of Tim Clark and Scott Patman and Randy oh, yeah. Petro and Earl Plessinger, and you go uh, Rick Hines and on and on and on. I mean, they were just fabulous. I mean, you had a great show every week. Yes. And of course, the late models, I mean, look at all the Hall of Famers. We mentioned that. And you can just go on and on in the list, and you'd have 15 guys that could win a race. Any any week, right? And, yeah. and the bombers they put on a great show, and then modifieds came along in the nineties, and, and that picked up. But I mean, just just so many uh, memories there, uh, and and all the guys. And that's one thing when we did when we did a lot of the local stuff. I mean, we did a lot of local stuff in the North Vernon paper. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. guys like Joe and uh, Joe Johnson and Deppy and Mark Barber, oh, yeah. Robert Bryson, you know, and and really got their name out there. But I think, you know, when, when, when the John Gills and I mean, when we started doing the mid American and, and, you know, we'd have a column, you know, be just oh, yeah. huge and, and on a race recap and we do a lot of advertising and great crowds at all the big races. And that's where those guys, the John Gills and the Jim Curry's and the Steve Barnett's and the Mike Jules, and you go on and on and on, uh, Kenny Simpson, Russ Petro, Ira Bast, and you go on and on and on. I mean, that's, that's how like, like a Gill and then a Don O'Neill comes along and, uh, that's how they really became known across the country oh, yeah. by exactly. running and winning in Brownstown. Yep. And whether it was the Jackson 100, Hoosier Dirt Classic, Kenny Simpson Memorial. But I mean, it's just. Uh, I remember it's the days remarkable. of the Dairy Queen Classic, man. The Dairy Queen Classic. Remember that? And the car then, show? You, you oh, know, yeah. you, well, had, you had the race, too. Yeah. Don Hobbs. Yeah. I mean, Don Hobbs was just, I mean, he was one of the best, you know, and Gene Petro, people don't, if yes. never saw Gene Petro, I mean, he was one of the best from this area ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack Owens, unfortunately, passed away on, what, 73, unfortunately. He was a top-notch driver. Yes. I, I miss, like Lee Fleetwood. I mean, miss that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was one of the best guys on and off the racetrack yes. you'd ever want to meet was that. But I would say, you know, we talked about a lo- national local. I want. I would say the most popular driver ever on Brownstown was probably John Gill. Oh, yeah. And when... You know, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not... And when he would go to Eldora... It was just as popular. Well, he I should mean, have won the dream one year if he hadn't had a flat tire. He yeah, was well, leading yeah, and yeah, had a flat tire. And, uh, we're still waiting on somebody from Indiana to win the world one, and we hope yeah. that happens sometime. But um, as far as popularity, that guy there, he would go to Campbellsville, Danville, mm-hmm. Florence. He was always good there, and he just became well known. He was great with the fans. And he carried his own hype quite well, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that was back, you know, yeah. all these other guys, when they raced there in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, there, there wasn't any shirts, T-shirts. You know, yeah. you're a big T-shirt oh, guy. Oh, yeah. There wasn't any. There wasn't any. And, and you know, they come along, and, and Gill's got them, and then O'Neill's got them, and Mike Jewell, and, and, and just, just exploded, you know. Yeah. And uh, I would say, you know, and, it, you know, the Hudson Hudson's win there last year, I mean, that was just the loudest. I mean, Dustin Jarrett even, that's the loud. I mean, I've been, you know, you and I have been there a long time. It's like, yeah. that's the loudest crowd I've ever heard there. Oh, it was. And that reminded me of John Gill back in the mid 90s mm-hmm. when he was, you know, when he was driving the Indiana One car and then he drove, you know, obviously for Dalton and then he drove for Ray Gotze. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, Terry Eaglin. Terry Eaglin for the, the yeah. Black 75, probably the most famous car, you know, outside the Indiana One car. Well, the 75 car, I mean, that started back. 
you know, Jim Curry started that yes. back in the 1970 with yep. Claude Kern, and yep. they had a couple of cars, Jim Curry and Kenny Simpson, and then Ira Baston drove a little bit, and then uh, Claude was out of it, and then come back with John. John, uh, Claude, that was John's uncle was Claude Kern. Yeah. I should say still is because he's still around with us, but, you know, and then Travis Kern with Claude's, uh, and Kale Kern, of course, he raced for you. He's a good racer. Yeah. And uh, Gil comes in there. I remember John Gill's first race at Brownstown. He pulls in there, ladies on a, uh, a trailer. Now, it wasn't a trailer. It was like a, you know, how they had the ramp, the the trucks with the ramps, the yeah. tire, tire racks up there. And, he, and I go, and I didn't know who he was. And he goes, well, you know, yeah, I seen his name. He said, John Gill. I said, where are you from? He said, at that time he was Bedford. Yeah. And I said, okay, good. And then I remember the first night he ran there at Brownstown, and it was a beat-up 75. I mean, it looked like, <laughs> you know, it was a beat-up 75. And uh, he come out, and he wanted to start on tail of a heat race. Yeah, fine, first night out. You know, I think he'd race go-karts for a while, but first time in a late model and uh, starting on tail and won a heat race. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody knew who he was. And then it just grew and grew and grew, and then, you know, then he hooked up with gene dalton and then yeah. then he drove when ray gotzi got injured at a pit accident in hopstadt and then i mean gill come in there and he'd win at campbellsville and brownstown and florence and wherever they went they were right there i mean he won a lot of races for gotzi and then you know terry eaglin and you know john drove the indiana one car and uh but i would say he's probably the most popular local driver there ever was at brownstown and ever oh, yeah. has been the, the Collins family told me his first win at Brownstown was on a, a bicycle race back when Ted Yes, was, I believe that's true. Back when uh, Ted was promoted uh, there. That would have been, I think, John, like 1969. He's like 10 years old or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Collins family yeah. told me. That, that was his first win ever at Brownstown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's probably, that's I remember that now <laughs> when he said that, that I remember reading about that. I don't remember that, but uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, uh, just some i mean all the top drivers greats have passed through there and it's always good when you hear scott bloomquist and billy moyer and that's one of their favorite and they still say that oh, one yeah. of their favorite racetracks they've ever run on yeah. is brownstown speedway so you know that's um that's good purvis liked it i mean purvis liked it he did very well there yeah. and uh uh you always had a few that a few national drivers they didn't like it i've told Dustin the story when i was in sixth grade we went to volusia county to watch them race down there on speed weeks the feature rolls out and the front row was ray gotzi and russ petro mm -hmm. and it, you know my grandpa's like we drove a thousand miles to watch the same two guys battle for the lead that we could watch at home you know <laughs> so it was and you know that's before everybody well, was really those traveling. guys everybody knows i mean those guys could win anywhere and win yeah i mean oh, yeah. uh ira baston i t tell you i are we still at 23 minutes or are we still voting uh well i'm not sure rick cherry says looks like hudson and devon in the final so he is called he's called I'm he's not called checked, it early huh but i gotta tell you this uh cowboy curtis kaiser he said how many hours is this show gonna be i can listen to essex all night long so <laughs> <laughs> he's i i don't you got to go to school tomorrow or what no. do you gotta do no i'm good we got all night <laughs> we're on the corona island you know yeah a quick story. I mean, you remember Ira Baston? Oh yes, yeah. I, you, I don't know you, if you remember Ira Baston. I, I, he's I, like six foot three, six foot yeah. four. A great driver. Huge man. I mean, just he should be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, he's still around with us. Not not in good health. But I remember a night. Uh, there was somebody showed up there. At Brownstown never run there before, and uh, uh, him and Ira kind of they kind of rubbed wheels there. And uh, this guy was telling me this story. I mean, years later, and it's like 
Uh, they rubbed wheels, and he wasn't happy about it. He said, oh, he, didn't, he didn't know who Ira Baston was. <laughs> he never didn't even know who Ira Baston was. Well, I guess they go back to the pit area, and uh, this guy got out of his car, and he was going to go over to his pit. Of course, you know, you, you really shouldn't do that, but yeah. they did it. And uh, he was going to go over, and he was going to give him a piece of his mind. You know, that, but by golly, I don't appreciate that. That's not the way he race. Ira crawled out of that car, and I think he's driving for Gino. And you know how big Ira <laughs> oh, Baston yeah. was. Yes. And this guy's up there, and he's going to just tell Ira Baston that, by golly, I don't, I don't appreciate it. And Ira gets out of that car, and he goes, good race, Mr. Baston. <laughs> smart guy. Yeah, yeah, very smart guy. Very yeah. smart guy. Yeah. He read the room well. He read the room well. I mean, we've had, I mean, you know, you go back to the, the rivalry between Don O'Neill and John Gill. I mean, that was a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, b- back in the 70s, you had Paul Crockett and Jim Curry. I would consider, I mean, they were local drivers yeah. that, that ran went other places and did well. And then that was kind of a rivalry there between them two because they were both Jackson County guys and all this. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Gill and O'Neill. And I remember the, the, I think it was a Kenny Simpson Memorial race. And that was Don O'Neill's probably when he was in his dad's car there first or second year of that and uh this kenny simpson morning he's bound for the lead and he come out of turn two and, and don got in the back of him and uh uh spun him out well roger roger made the call and they they put gill back up front and they put o'neill on the back don o'neill on the back and i remember behind the green you know we'd gather behind the grandstand yeah. there and afterwards and here comes don o'neill and he's like he's like talking to roger and he goes what'd you put me on the tail for and roger goes well you you, you spun him out you took him out and don and don just he didn't agree with that <laughs> he said i did not i said he said he checked up you know you know i don't know but i mean that was i mean they 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 got together you know a few times after that and then uh always good battles i mean you know and they went to west plains i think one time and they got into it down there in missouri like my goodness but uh there were such great rivalries i mean you know you had uh can i keep going i mean i don't i don't know yeah just go until you want to quit uh one of the you you know you talked about drivers charlie simpson who ran there for years in a late mall you remember the racing auctioneer and uh that guy that guy he would come and he would be uh he was a good driver i mean good auctioneer had the thanksgiving you know thing up in indianapolis and in louisville all the time before he passed away and um he would come to the racetrack and he'd get there and he'd come up to me goes and and i and i don't i've always gone by james you know that's my yeah. my, my grandma heard that somebody call me jimmy or jim he goes jimmy s6 come here and so i go over and see charlie and he'd be smoking at marlboro or whatever and he'd be like this you know and he said i'll tell you what he said last week at putnam and he'd always talk about something the week before something happened somewhere else he was mad at somebody if that's so and so puts a bumper on me he said you tell your flagman i'm taking him out this is before the race <laughs> we're he already was, he said at putnamville he run he cut off my nose or he got into my quarter panel he cut down a tire he'd still be puffing you know he's smoking his cigarette there and uh, i just sit there and i and i just okay and he goes i'm serious <laughs> okay all right <laughs> you go tell roger if that guy and, and you know whoever it was you tell roger he said that guy you know by golly and you know he touches my car you know uh, here we go oh so many things before the races i mean 
you had you had your guys never said a word. Yeah, you had guys like Lee Fleetwood, Kenny Simpson, people like that, never said a word, never said. But you'd have guys, and they'd be crying about something the week before. <laughs> And now we've got social media, so we can all it find all that out. Up oh, I can, I can tell. I won't tell the drivers, <laughs> but I mean, there's always. I mean, my goodness sakes! And you know, you talked about we were talking about Jim Curry earlier before that, and you know, and and Jim was always. I mean, I, I love that guy, and he was just like, you know, I mean, he had a reputation. I mean, you know, he 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 roughy up a little bit, and you know, and he won a lot of races there, and he was probably booed more than anybody ever there at Brownstown, but. That guy won a lot of races. He won more. He's won more late mall races than anybody won, there, and yep. Jackson one hundred and all this. And uh, you'd always <laughs> his son was always when Jim Junior. He was always wound up, but Jim, I don't know what they're upset about. You know, and he'd say <laughs> something like that. He, he just couldn't figure out. You know, he had that sheepish sheepish grin on his face, <laughs> like uh, I don't know what the big you know problem is. I mean that you know that just I race them like they you know like I, they race me and all this you know you know it was just it was just it was just the guys like paul schaefer you know oh yeah and paul schaefer car. did he, he was there i mean this guy would what four and a half hours every week to race brownstein yeah. on the track title there in the mid 80s and that guy was something else he was always fun to talk to because that guy he just didn't give a crap i think him and cj I mean, rayburn was, had like the first enclosed trailers i ever seen at brownstown speedway well cj you don't have cj had the semi yeah and uh schaefer had his big semi. schaefer had his scott mckean was one driver yeah. that had you know uh they're at twin cities and he runs sometimes at browns he was good in the street stock yeah. especially but uh yeah i mean that's really what started all that and everybody, everybody, every time cj pull in's like oh my gosh with the jake break you could hear from the stoplight in brownstown <laughs> well down, so. i've said this before and i said it at our banquet i mean two of the most in, influential drivers or people in dirt lay mall racing were cj rayburn and randy sweet i mean they were just yes. innovators i mean we wouldn't be where we were are today without cj rayburn and and i remember when he yep. first came out with his cars and don hobbs had there was no weight rule there was no tire rule there was nothing i mean you yeah. could just you could run a lightweight car and don hobbs when i think he won 50 some features one year and then the next year he got fired and, <laughs> that's, that's and he got fired and then charlie schwartz comes in and drives his car and wins at brownstown and then wins the jackson 100 and then wins the world 100 yes yeah in the same car and uh, i remember working at brownstown am i still good dustin you are fine all right i don't want to keep you from school tomorrow there is no school if, well, yeah, if i if i have to miss i i'm good yeah you, you do your e-learning day tomorrow huh principal yeah Hey, Gil Wilson wants to know uh, whatever happened to Dion Deason. Dion Deason. Dion Deason moved. Uh, he was originally from New York, then he lived in South Carolina, and he moved to Indiana, lived in Claremont, won some races at Brownstown, won a track championship, then he moved back down, I think, to South Carolina. And I, last time I saw him was probably at Swainsboro, Georgia. Nah, it's been a while, 10 years or so ago. And then I think he raced for a little bit. And then he's not, I think he's just doing modeling work now. I mean, wow. they used to, he and his wife, Suzanne, uh, they used to do, you know, back when the, when these retail stores had uh, catalogs, you yeah. know, he used to do like JC Penny. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know all like can you imagine can you imagine us doing that is standing there in our underwear or <laughs> they, they don't like they don't want us to do that their white yeah. skivvies that's big and tall <laughs> i mean yeah i mean this guy i mean this guy i mean he he uh oh, yeah he's a good guy i mean absolutely i mean the and, D1. and i think i don't know if he's still in north i mean south carolina or he's living back in new york uh, but I mean, I think they're still doing professional modeling. I wow. think you know, and all that. Yeah, so, he yeah. was he was way too pretty to be a race car driver. Ah, there you have it. Yeah. Good thing we didn't have the open face helmets back then, because 
you know. Indy Cylinderhead, man, that was his big sponsor. Indy Cylinderhead, right? He had a, yeah. it was a Rayburn. It was an old Rayburn. That. I mean, yeah. that thing yeah. was. It had so many welds on it, it was not even funny. <laughs> and I remember fun. him and Steve Barnett, they got into it one night at Ponderosa in the Northern All-Star Race, and he about went out of the ballpark oh, on the yeah. back straightaway. And, yeah. you know, but uh, is there any other questions? Has Gail got any other questions? I think, well, before we go there, I want to update. You it is official. Even update. It is it's, official. It is official. All precincts are reporting. All precincts. Every You're vote has been counted. Uh, Hudson O'Neill will move on uh, to the finals with 527 votes versus Tim McCready's 269 votes. So, wow! I know we've announced each week who we voted for. Who did you go for with Hudson and Tim? McCready. Yeah, and I went Huddy. Yeah. And then in the uh, Don O'Neill Hudson or Don O'Neill Don Devin Gilpin battle. Uh, it finishes with Devin Gilpin with 742 votes versus Don 680 votes. And I went Devin. I went Don. And just like we always do, we end up on the opposite side. So it will be two yellow cars uh, in the finals. I will release that bracket tomorrow, that poll. And uh, it'll come down between Devin Gilpin and Hudson O'Neill on who the fan favorite is for taking? the Indian Icebreaker. Who are you taking? I'll be honest with you, I don't know right now. I don't. I don't know if I'd take. I don't know. I'll be. I, this is what I would say. Devin looked real good in that new rocket at Brownstown Speedway. I at thought practice. so too at the the practice. I, so. I, that's that's what I will say right now. But I know what Huddy's got and his talent as well. That's a really tough one to call. James uh, Jeff Wilson wants to know if you can remember his first late model win uh well he won a northern all-star title in 98 and then he won the dairy queen race at brownstown what 94 i think that was Is his, that right i think the dairy queen was his very first win when he drove yeah. the 55 car for earl earl sims and mike swim yep. uh, mike sims and uh yeah i remember that i remember when he you know he had this uh what the yellow 8w was it yeah. the eight yeah it was 8w aw and then he had the black one and he, he was a good racer i mean uh he was a very good racer and uh it still still is i mean i think he wants to jump back in it maybe and we'll see what happens but I, I think he needs to i mean those those days in the street stock i mean you know uh, a story about tim clark i mean i get a story about tim tim clark you know won a lot of championships am i still okay dustin you are fine okay i'm see, i'm not tim, pulling the tim's plug. wife is my secretary at school there is he still at omara's is he still, still yeah yeah. Niles Lauderball told me when they said that's a guy you don't want to get in a fight with because that guy can lift an engine out of a truck by himself. Yeah, that's that's true. There was one out of Brownstown. Tim Clark won the race. He won the feature, street stock feature. Tim Keithley, he was working for us back then when Roger and all that was there. He worked the front stretch. He did the lineup, you know, lined him up yeah. on the front stretch and all that. Well, we go down and we didn't we didn't do interview victory lane interviews back then. We just took pictures, you know, with the winner sign board and Tim Clark gets out of the car. And I'm looking down there. Next thing I know, Tim Keekley's up there, and they're like going chest to chest, and they're pushing each other. I'm thinking, what the heck's going on? <laughs> and it was like Tim Clark was wound up. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd have to ask Tim Keekley when I see. Him. I saw him down at Eastville. I have to ask him what happened that night. And and I remember Tim Clark. He was fired up. And I and Niles is on the radio. He said, "You don't want to mess with him. You don't want to mess with Tim Clark." And that, it was just like weird. The guy won the race. Yeah, I, don't know why, I don't know why he was mad. You know, Tim, Tim, poor guy, he was just doing the lineups. He's doing his job. And, you know, he presenting the checkered flag and the winner's board and all this and get his picture. And it's like, Tim Clark was like ready to fight him. You know, I mean, you don't want to get that guy in. A, I, you know, I think Tim your, has uh, the most track championships in the Superstocks 
well, street stocks back, you know, then, but combined all together, I think he might hold most track champions. Well, I mean, that guy was good. I mean, you oh, yeah. know, that guy was good. He come over there, you know, and uh, he had quit running, you know, at Vernon and, you know, come to Brownstown. And, you know, like Deppy, Deppy was good. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Robert Bryson, you know, come in and won Rookie the of the R1, Year. And, you know, they got an old Kevin Claycomb late model there yeah. in uh, the mid-'80s, and he come over and run. Good guy, good family, I mean, uh, and all that. And uh, just a lot of lot of good people around here. I mean, you know, I miss, you know, we talked to Mike Jewell, you know, oh, at yeah. the Jackson last year, and just just a lot of great people. And it, like you said, it's always good. I mean, you, you go there on a, on a race. I mean, like at the Jackson, you have Ray Gotze, Russ Petro, Jim Curry, maybe Don Hobbs might have been there and you go on and on and on and these guys are still coming back and watching and uh, I imagine that's got to be tough you know Crockett came and watched all the way up to his death you know sit right there on the French stretch and right sit and watch. right and I and what was the neat thing about him the last time I had saw him uh we was having a Jackson 100 and I invited him in their autograph session with the Lucas <laughs> he thought he is a kid in the candy store <laughs> that made his night oh, yeah. and that's the last memory I have of him and he's sitting there signing the Lucas Oil program he's sitting beside Scott Bloomquist and you know on and on and on and it's like this is just awesome oh yeah and that just made him just made his day and i i I never forget that and it's like man that you know that guy was good i mean that guy won a lot of races and uh you know uh it was just a great era that i don't i don't think we'll ever see again any other questions by the way um yeah billy lanehart wants to know your favorite harley brown memory (laughs) god bless him harley brown and you know the guy come there and he had a an old nova that was like uh weighed what 4500 pounds yeah it was a big old i mean car. that was back when ump had started and it was i think the weight rule was probably like 24 or something like that but Har- <laughs> harley would always come there we'd have a uh, a dock over there outside of turn two and uh that's where he'd unload his car yeah. you know and uh there was one night we had a big race i'm not sure if it was the kenny simpson memorial who's your classic or whatever and he he had that's back when we started probably drawing i'm not sure but uh he was the first qualifier (laughs) and uh he come out there and you know how i am and you know we're building him up and all that and then you know he turns his first lap in like 19 something and i and i go fast time you know and <laughs> and i have people that remind me of that every time i see him that i remember that night at brownstown you said harley brownie fast time and it just cracks him up oh yeah it's well, like, he had at least once well, then he yeah first qualifying he was like oh, man yeah. and, and i thought and i didn't i wasn't demeaning i wasn't you know downgrading any i thought it was kind of neat and i'm sure he enjoyed it oh yeah mm-hmm. i mean that guy uh he was there every week and uh you know just uh I mean, you talk, I think the couple of underrated drivers that always raced there that, you know, they won uh, the Carl Collins. I thought oh, he yeah. was a very good 90 driver. 90 proof, man. 90 proof. And, you know, then they, they had that late model in 84 that they sold to Dalton and Kenny Simpson. And, then, you know, and Kenny goes on and wins the track title and the Jackson 100 yeah. and all that. And, uh, but Carl, I think Ernie Barrow was Ernie, uh, yes. a very good driver, and he won a couple of features there. But that guy was always good. He never got into anybody, never yeah. touched anybody. Good, clean, smooth driver. And uh, that guy, if he had, he didn't have him was like Carl. If they'd had the equipment some of these other guys had at that yeah. time, I mean, they would have won a bunch of races. But it's so tough there. I mean, you know, competition was just 
Dusty Chapman was a buck kicker back in his day too. There, well, I'm glad I mean, to see him still. I, I know Jamie had taught me the youngest driver. I'm not sure the youngest driver ever to win there. I don't know. Have you looked that up? I'm I have not, not sure. looked that up. I think Dusty. I don't know how old was Hud when he when he won his first uh, crate. He might have been 16, 15. He was younger than that because he didn't have driver's license to give for a transponder, so he was under 16. Okay. So uh, Dusty Chapman, when he first started running hobby stock, the 98, he had a Ford Mustang, just coolest looking race car, and yeah. uh, he would come out, and he had the long hair. You know, yeah, he yeah. was uh, he was uh, young. I mean, he was. Uh, I thought he was going to be one of the all-time greats. I mean, this guy yes. was good, and his dad had owned cars for years and driven and – uh own cars for kenny simpson and people like that and then uh dusty dusty won i think he i think he was like 16 or 17 and he moved to late models and did pretty good oh yeah and then you know he won the first kenny simpson memorial after gotsy gotsy was leading had that racing control hit a uke tire and and cost him the win and it, dusty chapman winning the first kenny simpson memorial. i mean that's one of my best memories of of that and then roger long would come along and win at the next year and yeah. it was just pretty i mean you had the best the best there i mean you had boggs and purvis and you know you go at that time you know those people there they were top of the line dusty's car always uh kind of caught my eye as a kid because he always ran those coyote clutches and he had wiley coyote on the side of the car along, right you know and right then, so as a kid you know he was I look for that, you know, as a kid. Well, so. I, I like the Mustang that he had when he started. I mean, the 98 on the quarter panel, but all the rest of it was like in a checkered flag. Yes. Like, it was a great, uh, great look. And uh, I t- he was he was sensational as a yeah, young yeah. man. And then, uh, you know, winning the Kenny Simpson Memorial, I mean, that was just the biggest win he's ever had. And, uh, you know, you talked about Paul Crockett, you know, and all the, all the stuff. And just, uh, you know, you, you can st- tell stories sitting here all night about every one of these guys, you know, and usually it was about a driver's wife. <laughs> I mean, they'd be fighting in the pit area. You'd have a feature and you'd have uh, Russ Petro's wife or Jim Curry's wife or Steve Barnett's wife or somebody to be over there in somebody's face. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and they're going to protect their man. And I that, understand that. Yeah. But it, oh, my gosh. It, it just, that's the um, most dangerous thing in racing is a woman in the pits. <laughs> you know, that's. Uh, well, the, there, there's a time when i for when i they weren't allowed in the pit area right oh yeah they were not allowed in the pit area and and, and i don't know when that changed maybe the sometime in the 70s i don't know but they were not allowed in the pit area it's there was never world. any kids allowed you had to right. be i don't know maybe 16 i don't know hobstock still like that eldoria is too you gotta be what 14 at eldoria to go to the pits and you gotta be 16 to drive yeah I mean, yeah. you can't race until you're 16. That was a story. There's a story there. I was doing the UMP Nationals one year, and a guy named Jimmy Dame, uh, Snooky, he really laid all them, and and he was 15. He was 14 or 15. Well, I did my birthday thing, you know, and I shouldn't have. Because <laughs> Larry Bowes, Larry Bowes, who was race director at the time, and he heard that. And he goes, how old is that guy? And I, I didn't know there was a rule against it. I didn't know there was a 16-year and he said he's not supposed to be out there he can't he can't race he's not old enough and the guy tried to claim you know well his parents signed you can't no they they don't work at at eldora you can't have your parents sign off on it and whatever they call that form or whatever and so they they parked him and i felt bad about it because it's like you know i ain't seen if you want to say anything i ain't seen the guy i haven't said anything but (laughs) it's like it's like uh carter miller uh, come to east bay a few years ago i mean tyler reddick when he won there he was 15 mm. you got to be 16 to run there now yeah and carter miller come there and run good in a heat race was just two years ago and uh 
Al Varnador, the promoter, found out about it. He was like, he might have been 12 or 13. I'm not sure. And he made the show one night. And then the next night, they went up to him and said, you're done for the week. And he goes, (laughs) what do you mean I'm done for the week? He said, you're not old enough. Wow. Didn't have a driver's license, didn't have any waiver, didn't have nothing. And he said, my insurance company. So Rick Schwally tried to, you know, he tried to work with Lucas and try to get him you know to to do that and to run but it didn't do no good no so he loaded up and left well he got but, billy but i but i never but it was during a broadcast and we we had mentioned how old he was we wow. had mentioned it for like three nights and wow. because he was i swear he was like 12 or 13 and it was like we didn't know that there was a 16 age limit so i don't know we got that Billy Green that down around Florence. I think he's what twelve or thirteen races the crate cars down there. He came to yeah, Brownstown last right. year and raced, and he's a little right. big fella. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, Tyler Reddick. I mean, he couldn't run there. He had run a dirt late model, you know, with us for what two or three years, yeah. and but he still couldn't go to Eldora. He yeah. went to go sixteen, and then he, I think he sat on the front row of the World One Hundred. Yeah, you know, and Hud, you know, Hud the first time. I mean, he sat on the front row, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. But oh, well, yeah. as before he got injured, it's been a year before that. All right, James, I got two yeah. more questions for you. Got two more questions. All right. First of all, let's look ahead here to this year's Lucas Oil season and with the hopes that, that we're going to get it in and it's going to get started. Who are some of those guys that even down at East Bay really impress you that you think are, are set to have big years? Tim McCready. I mean, he won a couple times. I mean, that's an obvious answer. Yeah. and. Uh, I think people thought before the year started, you know, well, Davenport's going to come in. He's going to do- dominate again and all this. And a lot of these guys, they've done their homework. I mean, McCready is just – I mean, different car owners. He's got Donald and Gina Bradshaw out of North Carolina, and, and they just got everything going on. And uh, I look for him to get up there. Owens ended Volusia, you know, even though mm-hmm. there wasn't a race, he's going to be solid. Uh, I think Richards is running well. Richards had a lot of bad luck. If he hadn't mm-hmm. had a couple flat tires, I mean, one night we had to penalize him to the tail because he deck height was too tall, and he come back up there and ran second, started like 27th or whatever. Uh, Davenport's going to be in the mix, but, you know, Devin Moran's off to a good start. Um, you know, you go on and down, and, you know, Shane Clanton's running it for the first time, yeah. and uh, Tyler Bruning and Huddy, and, you know, Huddy unfortunately had the knee injury, and, he, you know, he's coming back now, but – uh it's just uh who am i forgetting am i forgetting devin moran obviously he's off to a good devin, start yes uh, Bron- i thought devin Bronson, looked really he, good he down looked there. sensational he finally got that win at east bay he's been looking for and uh bronson is going to be bronson bronson is just he's like a bond villain <laughs> james bond villain and i mean the guy i mean like i said there was one night i mean what he started 10th or 12th and he was already up to second got in the back stretch wall and then he had the the deal when davenport broke and, and got into the back end wasn't wasn't anybody's fault but uh fast fast and uh you know you can go on and on billy Moore jr's off to a good start yeah. you know uh brian shirley's gonna be good uh, you can just go on it's gonna be tough i mean it's tough and uh it's a deep field it's a, it's very a deep field, deep and, field. And, and you know that's that's great for uh lucas oil series for racing and uh i, I mean if we ran 50 races i'd soon see 50 different winners but i I know that that's impossible but uh you know i think you know people look at you know brandon shepherd is just outstanding i mean he'll be at some of the lucas races uh when he's not running with the outlaws but i mean that guy's good and uh driver of the year last year and 
Davenport. I mean, Mikey Marler, who knows what he's going to do. He might end up running, you know, but he, you know, he's like, well, I may run it, but then I may not tell you that I'm running it. So yeah. that new long uh, was impressive. Yeah, that guy, mm-hmm. that guy is solid. I mean, he's always been one of the most underrated drivers. I mean, I remember him back when we had to battle the bluegrass here yeah. for. Uh, he was the uh, well, Eddie Carrier Jr. is the first champion, and Marler won Rookie of the Year in the uh, the title the next year. And I've always admired that guy. That guy's good, you know. But there's so many good drivers in the country. I mean, you know, like Devin Gilpin was saying here on the show a few weeks. I mean, a lot of regional guys are very good. I mean, you you, yeah. you, you know, Brownstown. You go to Brownstown, you got a lot, and you never know who's going to show up. But you know, Jared Bailey and Stapleton, and you know, Gots the Gotsies, of course, and. Austin Burns is improving, and and you know uh, Shelby Miles is just good, and uh, you know Greg Johnson, you know when he shows up, and it's still a solid, solid lineup here. Absolutely. When when they run, and you know, uh, you know uh, there are a lot of regional guys. You got guys coming in Kentucky, you know, that come up. You know Michael Chilton and Ratliff and Victor Lee, yeah, and and all that. And you got of course Illinois. We know what's going on there. Just tough there and uh but uh you know i'd like to see it you know you know i talk you talk about rules and you know rules pack you know you got the crate late models you got mm-hmm. the supers i mean i'd like to see them do something like they do at the malvern bank super late model series and what they do out there in nebraska is i mean we go out there and then they run in knoxville with us and all that you can run an open motor you can run a 602 604 525 steel block steel heads now they put a little they put a restrictor plate they run different carburetors but everybody is they you can't say that they're all equal but i think they're they're good enough to be uh that you could do all of them i think that's something that may needs to be looked at around here i'm not saying the gym or will do that but i think that's something to look at i mean he's got a lot of super late mall races on his schedule but i mean how many cars can you get don't know mm-hmm. uh but i think that's something you could get these guy you know the marty o'neill's and the tyler canes and the you know the humphreys and the people like that isaac Ra- yeah isaac rainey and all of them involved whenever you run a super show is to have them you know but i don't know if that'll ever happen but it's a good rules package now there's a lot you'd a lot of tech to that stuff mm-hmm. as you guys well know and you gotta stay on top of it i mean you're talking restrictor plates you're talking spacers you're talking carburetors but i mean it's like when we go out there and run at i-80 a lot of their guys come and run with us and they they got to change their carburetor and all but but the rules it's, it's all inclusive so you know i think that's something to be looking at around here i think that would be you know uh it's it's disappointing i mean when you have a big paying race and you have 15 18 cars show up i mean you know and it could be you know i don't know what a magic number is i mean it could be 25 or 30 you could get you know out there but you know brownstown's going to slick up everybody knows that so oh, yeah. It's, yeah you know so uh mm-hmm. you know the crates you know and, and you know I, I don't know why they don't run more of the supers with the supers but i mean jim's doing a great job a lot of good paying races this year again all right my my last question <laughs> of the night <laughs> Is this the longest show ever? I, I think so, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so, which has been unbelievable. We, we've not fallen under 80 viewers the whole time, though, so that's awesome. Which is uh, why I'm going to ask the last question. you got to promise us that you'll come back again at some point. Sure. And be on the show again. I'll come back tomorrow night if you want to <laughs> do this tomorrow night. I, I just, I mean, it'd been great to talk about this weekend coming up, but, I mean, we all understand what the – what what uh united states is going through and all that and i agree with everything that 
I mean, you, you've had today, you've had the Outlaws, and you've had the the uh, uh, Spring Nationals. They've canceled their races for yeah. this weekend. And and who knows when we're going to come back. But I just, you know, uh, hope that, uh, you know, when we do get back racing and everything's safe and everything's ready to go, that, you know, people come out and support all these racetracks, uh, you know, and uh, go from there. Because, I mean, it might come to the point where, I mean, this, this I mean, the, the, some of them might close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, I hated to lose this weekend's races, but we completely understand. I mean, like I said, for Atomic and Brownstown, it's uh, probably their biggest moneymaker of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we know that, and uh, that, but that's uh, we've got them rescheduled. We did find some dates, and like I said, on all this rescheduling, you know, we keep going like this. Yeah, we're going to be on top of each other, the you know, but and i know i've seen some complaints about that but the, the folks there's nothing you can do about no, it. i mean no. we've got commitments to sponsors we've got drivers to we got shows to put on and um you know maybe next year it'll be a whole lot better nobody could foresee this coming nobody right but when they do open up make sure you go support your local racetrack well absolutely and yeah. uh you know jim's got a lot of big races coming up and i know you know uh uh just just get out and support him and uh yeah. you know and and, and and all the other tracks i mean you know that 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 run and and such and and go see them different different classes of cars at some of them and, and just get out and support them whether it's thunder valley or you know brownstown or whatever but uh it's just uh, this is unforeseen times i mean we all went through 9-11 and uh we hope to goodness sakes we never see anything like that again yeah. And this year with this pandemic, it's like, you know, it's for the safety of the fans and everybody and the drivers and the, you know, the crews and, uh, you know, the, the staffs and all that. And, uh, but, uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, like I said, 30 days to Lucas oil will reevaluate everything. And I was never, I was not in any of the talks that Rick and all them had and, and he's done a great job and, and thought it out and, I know we're all disappointed we're not racing this weekend, but we all understand. That's the other thing we need to put out there. Announcers are never in the decision-making, are they, Jim? We're not officials. We're just guys that yell in the microphone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. It's like rainouts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, We're the face and the voice everybody sees, but we don't make any of those decisions. Oh, I've had to make some tough ones over the years. <laughs> I remember uh, I could go back a couple of them. I remember Batesville, Arkansas, a couple of years ago, we had a... It was like a 5% chance of rain. And down there, I mean, they had a golly washer. They, you know, we had a oh, golly yeah. washer. We call that up here in Indiana. Oh, yeah. And it rained and rained, and it was raining hard. Well, it quit raining. And so, but by then, it was already getting dark. So you had no sun, you had no wind. And so, Mooney Star, he's out there, and we've got buses out there. We got everybody's bringing out their four wheeler and all that. And from the press box, and we're, way, I mean, we're like way, it'd be yeah. like, me you know trying to look at downtown seymour from here you know <laughs> oh, yeah and uh they uh right look pretty good well no uh, we went out there we had you know i we had our tech director and the rick swally went out there now it was just too soft but it looked great from the grandstand in the press box it's like well how come you know guys ain't racing well then we had to call it we ran it the next day and these people come oh, yes. and they wanted their money back and mooney's up there and they're cussing at mooney moon you know yeah. you know mooney but, star yeah. Yeah. i mean he's great great guy and he he he's very fan friendly i mean you talk about a guy he ran the topless one or several years ago and he stopped the race halfway because he wasn't happy with the racetrack went out and redid the racetrack <laughs> dug it up <laughs> dug it up watered it and, okay we're running the rest 50 so 
right, he's up there cussing and he's behind, you know, and, and it's like, I'm not going to go down there, you know, because oh, I always yeah. had to go back to the pit area, you know, and whatever. And I, and he's going to run it the next day. He said, tickets are good for the next day. And these people just come unglued. I mean, they were calling him everything in the book. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, uh, you know, finally at the end there, there was a couple people that stuck around and he gave them their money back and all that and uh finally decided okay if you can't make it back tomorrow send in your ticket we'll send you a refund and all that and so that's you know that's the story there was one more, i'm sorry dustin you're fine one more story you're talking about rainouts. yeah i want i want to this is a, this is what a uh a story that happened i don't know it's three or four years ago and a promoter was telling me about this and uh there was a race and he charged like 20 25 bucks to get in well it it rained um I don't think he got the heat races in or whatever. And so uh, they issue rain checks, obviously, like a lot of tracks do. And no refunds. Po- plainly posted everywhere. No refunds. Well, there was this one guy, one fan came up to this promoter, and he goes, he wanted his money back. It was like 20, let's say 20 bucks. Yeah. 25 bucks. And he goes, no, we don't give refunds. You have, you can use that ticket, Some you know, some other race we got this year. And the guy goes, well, how am I supposed to get home if I don't have this $20? What if I want to stop and get something to eat or get gas? And the promoter goes, well, what if we would have ran the race? Yeah, how would you use the money? How would you have used the money then? How It made no It was just the oh, darndest yeah. well, thing. Well, he'd have drank I've enough ever, beer in the stands. Yes. He wasn't going home that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the guy the guy says, you know, how am I supposed to get home? Yeah. How, how am I supposed to get home? You got my $20. How am I supposed dude what if we would have ran the race in yeah. completion and <laughs> that was absolutely one of the craziest things i'd ever heard zero common sense oh. james thank you thank you i think i'll end it on that note we will have you back <laughs> i want um, my money back i'm glad we, i didn't have, <laughs> yeah i didn't pay for this we didn't I? charge no. you to get in tonight you didn't charge me <laughs> free well we actually went that long we are at yeah. yeah we're an hour and 57 minutes right now yeah is wow. this the longest broadcast ever yes the longest one you hold the record now yes that's longer than the king's royal a few years ago when <laughs> i ended up like six in the morning right on it? man but we appreciate it james well, and we I, wish you, you all guys the best do, man. you guys do a great job and you guys keep up the good work i've been watching saw devin and don and occurred and then joss and his dad and that just uh just doing a great job and uh yeah i'd love to come back and hopefully we'll have a you know be racing and uh just have a good old time well you have an open invitation anytime you want to come down you know from from the hope area I, the, from the from the hope area yes <laughs> yes uh down to crothersville and I, I it's crother i guess it's crothersville isn't it absolutely yeah i call it ucla upper crothersville well, lower re- austin i remember coming down and I, you know i'm sorry I'm, i need to talk quit talking but uh when we was at, when i was at hauser and we'd come, crothersville was in the mid hoosier conference mhc and mm-hmm. and we'd come down there and play basketball and uh, joe wilson you remember joe wilson yes. he used to yeah. race and uh we played basketball against him i don't know it was the 80 79 80 and and the old gym they had here i don't know if you ever was in the old gym they had here i haven't been by oh seen my pictures. gosh it had a stage on the end of it i remember we come down here and played them in like january was like 10 degrees we <laughs> got in there and it's like seats i don't know 300 people and they're on top of it. he's like 110 and <laughs> and i stole the ball and i'm going down there and they had a stage on one end and i went down there and the next thing I knew, I was on top of the stage because some guy <laughs> fouled me doing a layup, and it's like, what the heck's going on? Because the inline from the stage to the is like this, 
And when the cheerleaders, they were cheering, they were on the floor because they had no room on the sideline to cheer. So while we're playing, they're on the floor. And we're sitting on the bench. And when we're sitting, you know, you sit on the bench in a basketball. And our feet were in inbounds. Lots of ways to set screens. Cheerleaders. Inbounds. <laughs> And you know, I come down there in track and field, and uh, just it just uh, you know, but but I never forget that that night, and it was like that was. I mean, they were packed in there. I mean, we we had a really good team that year, and I was glad to see Crothersville win. You know, first sectional, absolutely, hundred and fifty years. I'm not cool. sure how, but uh, Tater Masters, he was a, you know, I don't know, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that old, was he? Nah. No, he wasn't around back then. But no, uh, just uh, you know, the, the great people down there. You know, Masters built, and, and, and you know those guys for a long time. And uh, you know, I hope that uh, you know. I think T- Hudson and Don they can make Masters built great again. I was like saying that, and I think that uh, I like to see that happen. I think that a lot of people would. Oh yeah. All right, guys. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next week. Uh, we'll have Jeremy Owens in studio. Um, and then April 1st, the week after, uh, we're going to take a week off. We're going to do another Wayback episode. Uh, so we'll choose an episode. Uh, Matt and I will from – this is episode 82, so we'll choose an episode from one of the other 81 that we've done, and uh, we'll, we'll throw it up for everybody to see. Um, and this could be go 82 back. and 83 tonight. <laughs> he I could be. <laughs> he could be. So thanks, everybody. And, again, uh, we appreciate all our sponsors. Appreciate James being here, and we'll see you next week. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call in today at 812-216-3900. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917.